you feel it, you know it. D-Raw Productions. Houston Sports Connoisseurs brought to you by D-Raw. What's up, people? It's your boy D-Raw, the connoisseur. What's going on? It's Corey once again back with D-Raw bringing you another episode. Hey, don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me. I want to open up and tell you guys, college football of week three was amazing. Uh, It's a lot of upsets, and it was a lot of uh, good things that happened in college football this week as well. But nothing more than seeing UT go out there and dominate Wyoming in the second half. I had a lot of questions about UT in that first half, but I did say Wyoming was a solid team. And I think I've seen a lot of the, the same things out of Wyoming that I've seen out of Rice. And possibly Rice might be a good team the way they dominated TSU as well. Uh, but it was a lot of good football out there. I can believe that. Because I know last week we were talking about, like, why does Texas play teams like Wyoming? Then I have to just, you know, I actually want to apologize to Wyoming. Because I really didn't think y'all was going to compete as hard as y'all did. But y'all actually showed them and put forth a lot of effort. You know, at times it looked like y'all could have actually been, you know, more competitive. But considering, like, where you are in your development and your growth to actually give Texas a fight like that, hey, that's kudos to you. For sure, for sure. And then, now I'll tell you one game you was wrong about, that Washington and Michigan State game. Because Washington, they dominated 41-7. Michigan State is going through. Man, they just fired Mel Tucker, man. They just fired him. So, they going through a little turmoil right now in the coaching division. They need a coach. Right now, the interim coach is not really. Because I'm legend right now. They not beat Michigan. They not beat Ohio State. They not beating Iowa. Hey, Michigan State is on a spiral. Yeah, downward spiral. You know who looked decent, though? Colorado Florida. State. Oh, Florida. Florida and Tennessee. Now, what mean, Florida won, right? Yeah. Florida, yeah. Oh, yeah. Florida beat the hell out of Tennessee, 29-16. They won in the fight, too, because when it was over with, I, Tennessee was trying to fight them. And if you remember, last week I was saying I thought Tennessee could possibly, you know, stay on that, that upward track of doing good and, and possibly knocking off Florida. But I don't know, man. Number 11 in the country, not no more. Yeah, I can tell that Florida is really trying to regain their 2006-2007 play again. You know, everybody thought once Urban Meyer left, it was going to be just hard for them to really just, you know, get traction and pick back up and get recruits. But Florida is slowly but surely coming back to the powerhouse that they once were. And it's crazy to think that it's really been a long time since Florida really been dominant in football. It's almost been, what, 15, 20 years. That's crazy. Has it been 15, 20 years since? uh, They haven't been good since Tim Tebow. That was 2006, 2007 when they won the back-to-back titles. And I think they won one in 2003 when Chris Leak was the quarterback. Yeah, they haven't been good for 16 years. Wow. Just wow. Well, Kansas State fell off as well. They was number 15 in the country. They lost to Missouri 30-27 to in a close one. Well, hey, 
you gotta give Mizzou that credit, man. They came in, they blocked out the noise, and they came in focused, ready to play, and they made it happen. And they did it at home. Hey, so that's always even better. plus. Even better. Now let's just get into this Colorado State Colorado game. And I'm gonna be honest, I didn't expect Colorado State to really be that competitive. I know they talked a lot, a lot of trash, you know, last week and stuff going into the game and stuff, but I really didn't think they had a chance at all against Colorado. And surprisingly, Colorado State actually was right there. They had the lead until overtime. Um, now, they could have won before overtime. I'm going to tell you what caused Colorado State. Bad decision-making by the coach, the penalties, the cheap shots, everything that Jay Norville was telling them kids to do. He had them execute that so poorly. Like, because the defense was getting to Shador. The defense was stopping the run. Colorado State, at one time in the fourth quarter, was up 28-17. Like, there was possibly no way that they could have blown the game. But then next thing you know, penalty after penalty after penalty, like, it just makes you. It, it was just disgusting to watch. It just, it was disgusting. Well, it's really disgusting when you have uh, Blackburn go out there and take a cheap shot at Travis Hunter at a dead ball. You know, incomplete pass. He should have never, ever hit Travis Hunter the way he did in that game. No, I agree. I agree. But you gotta understand, it is football. Yes, was it a cheap shot? Should even thrown out for targeting. Yes, but. At the end of the day, he's still a kid. He made a poor decision, like the death threats and all of that kind of stuff. That's ridiculous. But the fact that Jay Norville actually condoned the play and made it seem like it was okay. And let and let him run back out there on defense. I, I feel like, honestly, I feel like if anything, Blackburn should have been suspended at least a game or taken out for the rest of the game or something. Yes. Because that, that, was, that was just out of line. Bro. Yeah, that was just unnecessary. And the fact that we sit here and try to glorify it and make it seem like, oh, it was, you know, it was a play that, you know, changed the tide of the game. Yes, but it didn't change the tide of the game for the better. Mm-hmm. That was a malicious and brutal hit that was uncalled for. And the fact that the coach made it seem like it was okay by awarding him, by letting him go back out on the field and play some more, that's just deplorable. Right. And now Travis Hunter is out for three weeks. With a lacerated liver. So that means he'll miss USC and Oregon for sure. And those are the two major games. And they need him for both of them games. Because what I see from Colorado, that offensive line. And see, that's what I was going to get into. The way Colorado State competed against Colorado, um, it makes me question how good is Colorado. I know Dion is a damn good coach and things like that, but where do you really see their season going from here? Well, I said from the beginning, I didn't see them winning no more than maybe going like eight and four, seven and five with a bowl appearance. That that's that's the best I can see. Because number one, their defense cannot stop the run. They get they're they're okay on on pass protection, but on the offensive side, they're limited on weapons because Travis Hunter was like their you know their Swiss Army knife as far as like doing everything. Now they're getting the tight end involved. Um, they have one more receiver. I forgot the gentleman's name, 
but I think he is number 11. He was showing up. But the way they kept flushing Shadour out the pocket, he had to keep making these quick decisions. It's like you can't be able to do that against Oregon because Oregon is faster and stronger, and you already know USC is gonna is better than Oregon, so they're going to be even faster and even stronger, and you're going against Caleb Williams. I don't see them winning either one of those games. I feel like Bo Nix is going to put up good yardage, a lot of touchdowns, and less interceptions. I feel like this game right here, Shador is going to have a bad game only because he's going to be under so much pressure. I feel like I really see a three-interception, one-touchdown game for Shador. Nah, Shador ain't turning the ball over like that, though. He's going to turn it over this Saturday. All right, we're we going to see. We're going to get into that a little later. But uh, some more recap. LSU exploded against Mississippi State, 41-14. By time, Brian they, Kelly. By they, time. They starting to, you know, go up the upper trend to showing that they actually are a pretty decent team because week one they didn't look too good. But week two they really didn't play nobody last week. But this week they got into some SEC play and showed that they, they are still dominant against SEC teams. They going to fizzle out against other SEC teams. Like, if they play Georgia or Alabama, no, not Alabama. I can't. I'm not even including Alabama no more. <laughs> Alabama going through too much stuff with Milrow and the other quarterback. Nah, I think Nick Saban, he just, I don't, I don't know what to say about old Nick, man. It's not Nick, bro. They just, I mean, I think they just kind of hit a little bump right now with the quarterback thing, but... They say they found, you know, made a decision on who the quarterback going to be. They went back to Milrow again. And uh, like, we'll see what they do. But Alabama did end up pulling off a hard win against South Florida in South Florida, uh, 17-3. Although the score don't say hard, but if you look at the game, boy, that first half it was 3-3 three three until halftime. Man, that little running back was running all over them for South Florida. He even ran a couple of their players over. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Uh, South Florida, if they had some more offense, though, they could have beat Alabama. They, they quarterback threw for 87 yards, bro, one interception. My God. So, when you, you come out with stats like that, you, you're not going to get the dub. There's no way possible. This is what I don't understand about college sometimes. Like, if you know something not working, like, why don't you try to find a way to open up the playbook or try to use that kid's, you know, abilities to you know, to work for him in a positive in a positive way. Like you letting him go out there and just throw for eighty seven yards. I I understand the run game was working, but why didn't you find new ways and new trick plays or something? Run some screens, throw throw anywhere, but just you know, instead of trying to just dump it off to the tight end and hope he makes something happen. Them little five yard passes are getting old to me. Hey, you gotta do what the quarterback can do sometimes, especially if you know, dealing with kind of offensive line you got. How much time you got in the pocket? You know, you gotta make some changes. But, Everybody got three. But I'll seconds. tell you what, Boston College gave us the blueprint on how to beat Florida State this week. Even though Florida State pulled off the win, thirty-one twenty-nine, it was only a, a couple point victory. And I don't know, man. You know, Florida State they usually pull out uh, some some bad teams, and this year was a resurgence. But uh, I gotta ask you, how long do you really think this is gonna last? Because Boston College usually is not that good in football. But they but they actually have some diamonds in the rough. Because think about it. They had, they had Zay Flowers. 
They've had, you know, Matt Ryan. They've had a couple of good gems every now and then. Every I'm not saying then. I'm not saying that they're always competitive. Like, you know, but they I feel like they have a sneaky good team where they go like six and six or seven and five, something like that. Which is mediocre. But so it's they, Boston College. It's not a lot of football going on up there. That's a to me, Massachusetts is a a basketball state. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Anything, anything or pretty much more, on the East Coast is, is basketball. Or is it more hockey? I don't know nothing about no hockey. So. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, if, if if somebody came and told me, yo, I'm going to Boston College, the first thing that came to my mind is, oh, he about to play football. He about to go off. Nah, I, I think he's playing like lacrosse or hockey. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Or he's just going for academics. Yeah, he's going for academics. That's about it. Now, Georgia did struggle against South Carolina, and that's another team that barely, barely got away with the victory. And it was at home. Georgia so, was at home? And Georgia was at home and struggled. Although the scores say 24-14, if you look at the uh, first half, South Carolina was leading 14-3 at halftime, and then they did uh, they did let Georgia come out and score an unanswered 14 points to you know, pretty much tied the game. Fourth quarter came down to Georgia scoring a touchdown and uh, pulling away. Yeah. You know what? That's crazy. Maybe, maybe Georgia's hitting some roadblocks and we're not really paying attention to. What, what, what is Georgia's next game? Or what's their next big game? Because I noticed right now, nobody, like, even though they hitting, like, you know, like SEC play and ACC, Big 12 play, Nobody's playing anybody difficult right now. Well, Georgia play UAB next week. So See what I mean? Come on, man. They Georgia's schedule has been easy from week one. They, what, week, you, week one they play UT Martin. Last week they played. I mean, not last week, but week two they played Ball State. Last week they played South Carolina that we're talking about right now. Next week they playing UAB. Now their first big SEC game is probably against Auburn at Auburn. Okay, now that might be a good game. Now that might be, now that, that game might actually test their little merit right there. Yeah, and that's next but week. You Alabama, Birmingham, no, that's not. That's gonna. But be. you know what? UAB. Well, last year they was pretty good. I don't know what they're looking like this year. I, I feel really like they. St- I feel like they're still good, but you gotta realize Georgia's a different a entity. powerhouse right now. They they a different entity when they come. Now I will say this: I don't know if they're gonna three peat, but at see. the same time, it's like. I don't see it. I feel like I feel like either Ohio somebody from the Big Ten gonna beat them this somebody, year. Somebody gonna knock them off, bro. I don't. I don't believe it's gonna. Somebody be this gonna year. knock them off in the SEC before the season over with. I hope so. I like. I like for everybody going to the playoffs with a loss. Now let's talk about up. this this Big Twelve debut by the Houston Cougars against oh, TCU. No. Houston was home against TCU. They did lose thirty six thirteen. The game started out pretty decent. You know, Houston had a chance. I will say the defense do need need a little work on stopping the run, and, and they just need a little depth as well as far as, like, you know, players coming in and out when they're fatigued because the players that they're bringing in off the bench at Houston, they're, they're fresh, bro. Like, they're fresh out of high school. So they're not really ready for the game speed, and I think that's what killed them. And to be honest – Alarmingly, they the starters wasn't ready in the, in the first quarter. If 
I would say two minutes in the game because uh, TCU scored in what ninety seconds. They got their first touchdown, and then it was nice to know that U of H could kind of move the ball. So they got three points in the first quarter, but then kind of like after that, kind of start going downhill. TCU had thirteen, then they had twenty, and then it was like, what's going on, U of H? Are you gonna really compete in this in this game or what? So I will say this, like from my point of view. U of H was competitive in the first half because yeah. closing out the first half, bro, they had a chance. It was 2013 going into halftime. So what what did Hogerson do, you know, at halftime as far as changing the game? I don't know. Not but much. he didn't do he didn't do enough to come into the second half. Let me tell you something. The only highlight of that game for me was watching Case Keenum get honored. And going into the ring of honor for U of H. <laughs> Other than that, TS, TCU dominated them the entire matchup. They they couldn't get anything going on offense. The defense was like lackluster. It man, look, it was just it was like watching a heavyweight fight with a one arm boxer. Two things. U of H, they need to figure out how to improve that offensive line, and. I think they need to pick a side of the offense. Do, do we want to focus more on run pass, on run blocking or pass blocking? They need to focus on pass blocking because the pass blocking is better than the run blocking. Well, I'll tell you what. Neither one of them is good right now because their top rusher had 36 yards on 10 carries. And Donovan Smith was running for his life once again for another week. And... He threw two interceptions. Man, he holds now, on to the ball and he may, and he get flustered and he just throw it. He don't throw it away. He just I'm throws t- it. I'm gonna tell you he this. forces a lot of passes. I'm gonna tell you one thing though. I honestly don't think the offensive line is that bad at pass blocking. That's what I'm saying. Because when I was looking at Donovan Smith, a lot of times he actually has the time, bro. You could sit there and count. You be like one, two, three, no. four. Anytime and, you got more than four seconds, you already know he, your line still, is doing their part. Take the snap, back up. He'll sit in the pocket, bro, and he'd be looking around like, bro, like, throw the ball. Like, what? why are you taking so long? And then he'll, he'll take all that time in the pocket, and he still make a bad decision. So, Dion, you already know what his problem is. He does not check down on his progressions in time. He His eyes are always focused on one receiver. That's true. And then once that receiver is completely covered, then he'll try to quickly, like, you know, either force the ball somewhere where it shouldn't be or he just try to find, like, you know, in a, you know, either try to throw it to the running back, tight end, and they cover too. What he needs to understand is if your first two options aren't yeah. open, just that run. Just, just run. run, bro. You've already wasted. And, and then it's like, bro, you got, you're, you're what, 6'5", 240 pounds. Ain't no oh. DB bring you down like that. Yeah. Why Why are you hesitant on running? I'd rather you run for five yards and let it be, you know, second and five, third and five, than you sit there and take all of these unnecessary sacks or just, just heave the ball in the middle of the field hoping somebody Look, catch it. I'm going to tell you this. Houston, they need to do something to improve on third down conversions because uh, they're last in NCAA football in third down conversions right now. And every time I look up there, third and three, third and one, third and five, third and fifteen, and they never converted. But we knew, but we saw these struggles in the in the UTSA game. We really saw these struggles 
in the Rice game, and now it just comes into full fruition in the TCU game. And the fact that the coach is not making the adjustments that he needs to is really just – it's getting disgusting at this point. Like, I'm trying to – like, you've been here long enough to know, like, hey, you know your quarterback's strengths, you know his weaknesses, you know what you have as far as the offensive line goes. You need to call plays that you know that's gonna better Donovan Smith. Give you need he needs to gain momentum. He needs to gain confidence in himself, and you're not doing that. So, you're just throwing him out there to the wolves. Oh, figure it out. Hey, I trust you. You was here last year. No, no, he wasn't. He wasn't there last year. Oh, okay. So he, he just transferred. He got him through the portal. Uh, he came from Texas Tech, but um. Maybe Donovan Smith is having a hard time learning the offense. Do you think maybe Hogerson needs to simplify it for him? But but how slow can you make it though? I mean, I don't know because because like if you look came how, from look if how you slow came from a spread offense, he putting you in the spread offense. Well, he putting you in an air raid offense. But but it's still spread, it's so still that means so spread. that means you can still see the entire field. That's the same thing you did at Texas Tech. So that means your Ability to read defense is the reason why he even pulled you out of the portal. You should be able to read defense. You should be able to see, like, okay, well, they're running a 4-2-5. They're running a 4-3. This is cover two. This is cover three. You should be able to see that. He don't, he don't read none of that. He just, yeah. okay. Sometimes he'll get, up to the, he'll get up to the line. He's just snapping in. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's part of his problem. He, he don't even know how to read the defense sometimes. And then a lot of times I've seen him throw the ball before the play even finished for him. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Man, this dude is wild. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like they they gotta do something, and just now I will say this: the first half the defense played pretty well. Uh, second half the defense, honestly, the defense didn't play bad overall. They you know, didn't because if you think about it, the they second was half, tired. the second half they really only allowed. I'm not even gonna count the last touchdown because they really don't don't. Yeah, count. that was garbage points. I don't but count. Up until. Uh, the end of the third quarter, they only allowed nine points in the second half. So the defense actually improved coming to the second half, making whatever changes Doug Belk had, you know, put in his team's ear okay. to make. So the problem is really on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know, man. First off, Hogerson, you, you run the air raid. You was there with Mike Leach in the beginning. Why do you run the, the air raid so slow? It, it, it shouldn't take that long for Donovan Smith to get out there and make audibles just to run a, a running back, halfback dive, bro. It, it doesn't, it shouldn't take that long. They should be moving quick as hell to the line every time. If they use the offense to their advantage with some speed, Houston will be, you know, putting up points. But right now, this offense is not even on pace of what it was doing last season. Every day this week in practice, they need to pull Donovan Smith aside and make him just watch nothing but film on different defenses. What he needs to be looking from, looking for from his receivers, tight ends, running back. He needs to. He needs his first two hours of practice need to be straight in the film room, nothing else. Yeah, he need. He but he need film and reps. That's what I'm saying. I said yeah. his first two hours. Then after that. He go out there and get some reps to go to execute what he just watched yeah, on film. He, he needs to just work on uh, progression one, progression two, running. Yes, and that's it, bro. That's it. Um, now looking at uh, Rice, Rice takes on South Florida this week. 
this is actually should be a pretty interesting yeah, game be because good. how South Florida just played Alabama and how Rice has been playing, how they played UT, how they beat Houston, and then they dominated TSU last week, fifty nine to seven. And I will say this, bro, you ain't never really seen Rice just put up no points like that on nobody ever. I ain't seen them put up points like that since the basketball team. So uh, seeing them take on South Florida, do you really think? Uh, Rice will show up and, and show out as, as the better team, or you think South Florida might pull it off? I think the game is going to be competitive. I think it's going to come down to a single possession, but I feel like Rice just has the slight edge over them because of your favorite quarterback. JT Daniels. JT Daniels. You hey, know it. JT Daniels been on a roar, bro. He, That's he, what I'm saying. So far this season, he went... 53 for 85, 805 yards, 8 TDs, 3 interceptions. Man, that's good. And Luke McCaffrey, he got 11 receptions for 171 yards and 4 TDs. Boy's a beast. Uh, Rice is favorite to win this game, though, by 2.5, uh, even though the game will be in South Florida. So, See, that's what I'm saying. That's uh, going to be a close game. Now, so this game that, might go down to overtime. So, since the spread is 2.5, they probably gave them like 4 points. So, it's probably really like by a touchdown or something like you said. Because they, you know, because South Florida at home. If Rice can go in there and play a clean game, limited turnovers, can execute the run, you know, and this just really just, you know, just just balance it out. They need to play a complete balanced game. Run, pass, run, pass, run, pass. Just consistent, just slowly breaking down the defense. Yeah. Because that's what Alabama had to wind up doing. They have to just slowly just grind it out to beat them. And eventually they're going to they gonna buckle because once that defense are getting tired and they can't make them substitutions, you got them. Yeah, you got I, them. I, I think I think I see I can see Rice uh, pulling out this victory against South Florida probably about three to seven points. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Final score probably going to be maybe 21-17, 24-20, something like that. Yeah. That's, that's very possible. Now, uh, Texas Southern will be taking on Grambling this week okay. at Grambling. It's a hood classic. Uh, this one should be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, for Texas, Grambling. It's going to be good for Grambling. I don't know. You know, Grambling, they're 1 and 2. TSU is 0 and 3. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> they but, haven't, wait a minute. TSU hasn't won yet? No, they haven't won yet. Um, they did lose to PV, they lost okay. to Toledo. Okay. And they lost to Rice. Now, I'm oh, going to tell you this. Like, uh, Who did they lose? Is, did the kids move up to Division One or something? Uh, I don't know. Maybe some. Tra- well, you know what? I know their corner transferred to U of H, but I don't know how many other people transferred and trans- you know, transferred in and out of TSU. Yeah, that is. Um, TSU ain't never been down like that. Oh, yes, they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, years ago. Uh, like, they down this year, and... Um, I don't. I don't really know who who's gonna win this game because yeah, I do. I'm looking at the last five games for Grambling, and this was their first win last week since last year. This oh, is their man. first win. Well, they well they was bad last year. Yeah, they was bad last year. So this might actually be the first win for TSU. Oh man! So this game, really, you said it was gonna be good. Now it's turned into the toilet bowl. Well, it, it it could be a good game. That doesn't mean that the talent on the field is gonna be good. I ain't say that. Man, if you don't have no talent, how can the game be good? This is gonna be a backyard brawl, bro. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Hey, bring the Vaseline, people. 
It's gonna be a straight brawl. Well, look. Right, what they say? It's gonna be a good old fashioned slobber knocker. Well, that well that black school up there north of Houston, they got their ass whooped too by SMU sixty nine zero. Hey, shout out to SMU. I need to know y'all secrets. How did how did y'all raise a hundred million? Hundred million, bro. In seven days. I don't well, know. We know how you raised it. They got they got money. That's and they not got the boosters, man. Hey, boosters are right for real. I still don't think you know them going to the ACC is the the best thing. As it far is. As, they gonna make money in the ACC. No, they they gonna make money, but I just don't think as far as like traveling for their fans and stuff like that. Don't really think it make a lot of sense. Man, they made a hundred million dollars in seven days. They got private jets, my boy. <laughs> they traveling. Man. Hey, this might this might actually be a sign for SMU. They might be coming back to relevancy. I'm talking about back to like with them Eric Dickerson days. They might actually be out well, here pulling through. Well, them going to the ACC, they should get there. And then them getting that hundred million, and then they got a lot of uh, uh, new possibilities. Going uh, at their stadium, I know they got like a hundred thirty million dollar uh, stadium expansion. They're supposed to upgrade their locker room, their stadium, and things like that for uh, them to make that transition to the ACC. So, what was a hundred million dollars for then? I don't know. I guess what? I guess so they can pay them players. So, if they got a, so, 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 let me see. Let me see. Let me get this right. Let me get this right. So, in the eighties, they got banned for years. For paying for players, and now that they can legally pay for players, they have pulled out a hundred million dollars. Hey, this is part of that. This is part of that bankroll that they they stopped in the eighties, bro. And they just pulled it out. Oh my god! So they went to the ACC to recruit other people to come play in Dallas for them. So if this is if this is correct, if this is true, how many years do you think? It'll take SMU to be relevant again with this kind of money flowing in. Mm, probably, probably two years. Damn, they got to do it soon because we really don't know what the trajectory of the ACC is because they're probably going to lose some of the big schools. So honestly, you really don't know wait, wait, where the ACC wait, is really going. But if they where the school where the schools going? Well, you know they've been talking about Florida State leaving. To go where? Probably to the SEC. Come on, bro. Wait a minute. So, you know what? You know what? It, and you know if Florida State leave, Clemson going to leave. So, it's, it's really getting... So, that means North Carolina going to leave, too. Because they, they actually relevant now. Yeah. But, shit, we've been seeing a lot of... Uh, Man, this is insane. A lot of old rivalries been, being broken. But we've seen a lot of old rivalries being renewed, too. Really, if Florida State leave, you know Michigan leave because those two, that's a big rivalry. Yeah. Then you know you got Florida, Florida State, so I can understand why they going to the uh, SEC. Clemson, I don't, I don't understand because Clemson's rivalry is with who? North Carolina, right? They both in North Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Like. I mean, so it, is it, it, is it all tricky. coming down to just the Big Ten and the SEC? Everything else I think is going to be deleted. It's going to be Big Ten, Big Twelve, and SEC. Well, they might. If, if the if the ACC really crumble, like like you know some people are saying, bro, and and those other teams that people really don't want the ACC, they they probably some of them going to probably fall to the Big Ten, or they're going to create some other conference, join the American bro, or something like that. They're going to probably go what to the MAC, the SWAC, 
Uh, Sun Belt. Sun Belt. You got Conference USA too, and American. So, you know, got options. But they, those don't generate money like that, though. Not like none of the other. You, you only see those games on TV after they've been like. Well, I'm going to say this. I think most likely it's going to be, it's going to stay a power four at this point. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Hey, because I feel like. Well, hold up. The ACC hold up. needs to stay around because that can be that fourth one, and they can bring in other powerhouse schools to them to where because you got to think about it, it's over like what it's 120 schools in the in the uh, in the power in the in the power five. It's 120. If you break it down to just four divisions, then you know you can probably put like like 30 in each one. I don't know how that's gonna work. You got a north and south. And bam, they just I guess really what they need, they just need an east, west, north, and south division. Yeah, that's it. And and then all the rivalries would kind of make sense. I don't know why they don't just go back to the old the old conferences, bro. They need to just go ahead and bring the the SWC back. Yeah, they need to do something, and because this is getting out of hand, because people want to leave because they get more money from this and that. I mean, that's what it's really all about. Because I'm telling you, these NIL deals are ruining college football. Yeah. Um, because they are going to great lengths to pay these players. So what that's going to do is going to cause massive transfers. It's going to cause a shift in power. That's why you see schools like Alabama. You see schools like Florida State, Florida. You see schools like Oregon. They at one point was at such a high, you know, pinnacle. And now they just being brought down to just like you know the same level well, as everybody else. Well, that's also because some of these schools that used to be relevant are becoming relevant again, and that should should have always been like U of H should never have not been in a Power Five company because those schools have the money, but they couldn't pay the players. Now they have the money and they can pay the players. I'm telling you, we gonna start seeing schools. In the national title game, like, what did this school even come? Because I'm telling I you, I don't, I don't think it would get to that. But I, I will say, the the new schools that they are adding, like SMU, uh, Houston, uh, schools that are in big markets that can offer big NIL deals, they're gonna be relevant. Man, look, Colorado was one in ten last year. These boys is now having Lil Wayne come out there. That money is making a big difference. It is, it is. Because, and then what was the other school you were telling me about that beat, um, what was the school that beat, um, say, say, was it like, te- who, who, who did Texas State play week one? Baylor. Baylor, they getting all that money too. Yeah. But schools who don't really pay a lot of money and they stay consistent like Appalachian State and stuff like that, they not really benefiting from this. But somehow they still remain to be competitive every year. But uh, let's let's wrap up this this college football week. Okay. Um, PV they're gonna face off against Alcorn State. That should be a win for PV. It should be. Um, I can't really get into too many details on what what I expect from each team, but uh, Alcorn usually be pretty decent in football. PV be pretty decent, so it might be a close one. Might be maybe I'm looking seven, for seven seven to fourteen spread. I'm looking for I'm looking for a defensive standout. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna get that out of them too. But uh you know, HCU man, Houston Christian University, I, I thought that they was gonna be pretty decent against UT Martin and 
I, I really don't understand this. Now, last week against Western Kentucky, they lost 52 to 22. Okay. And then this week, they played, they played UT Martin, and they lost 66 to 7. Oh, man. How do you lose worse to UT Martin than you did to Western Kentucky? And Western Kentucky is way, way better. Way better. Hey, that's because Western Kentucky took their starters out early. Way, they, you think yeah. that's what it was? Hey, let me tell you something. I think UT Martin just went all the way in. All gas, no brakes. They just like, forget it. Damn. Well, I'll tell you what. That new head coach down at ACU was not happy about that loss. And uh, this week they face off against Southeastern, Southeastern Louisiana. And uh, that's a 6 o'clock game. Another away game at that. Um, I, thought, I, thought they was having a, I thought this was going to be a home game. No, nah, they they're not home until next week against Lamar. So they been on a three road game stretch. Now that Lamar, now I think that that, that could Lamar, be a big that Lamar role game in, gonna be good. Them playing away so many times could be a big role in uh, their loss deficit as well. Nah, hell no. Nah. You ain't getting your ass whooped sixty six to seven and just think like oh it's because we on the road. <laughs> hell no. Nah. Well, you still gotta come home. In practice. Well, I'll tell you what. This Southeastern Louisiana team hasn't won a game. They're 0-3. ACU did beat Arkansas Baptist, so they got hey. they got a dub, you know, on the other side. Hey. You know uh, what? Hey, let me tell you something. They might have another dub on the way. I they, actually, <laughs> looking at the stats, bro, I actually think that they can beat Southeastern hey, Louisiana. Game, hey, you know what? I'm going to watch that on ESPN Plus and see just how competitive it really is. Because the only thing I have, the only problem I have with ACU, like, it's solid football, but they do create a lot of turnovers for themselves. Like, bad snaps, not paying attention for the ball on punt returns and kick returns. They muff a lot of balls. Um, Running-wise, they don't fumble. The quarterback fumbles, but he holds on to the ball too long, and he he seems very indecisive. But other than that, the defense... When they actually have a shot, when they when the other side of the ball is not getting all those three and outs, they are very competitive and they're very aggressive too, especially yeah, yeah. in the interior defense. Well, I'll say this: if HCU go out there and play as a sound football team, they can get the dub. I hope, and that's 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 the end ending statement about them because that's what they're gonna have to do to win. They gotta play sound football. Uh, don't make too many mistakes. And they'll win. But uh, week four of college football is, is coming fast. Um, the first game is on Thursday. Not too interesting, but Coastal Carolina and Georgia State will face off against each other. Spread six and a half in favor of Coastal Carolina, which is a 2-1 and one team versus an undefeated Georgia State Panther team. Mm, that might actually be a good game. It's not really bad for a Thursday night game. You know, you got yeah. some... Something to see, something to watch. So, I'll be checking that out. It's going to be better than that football game they're forcing us to watch. Because I don't want to watch the Giants do nothing. Hey, Giants looked improved. But we, we'll get on that. We'll get on that. Um, so, Saturday, kicking it off at, at noon. You got Florida State and Clemson. Oh, Who are you taking? Man, 
that's a tough one. If I if I had to choose, if I was blindfolded and, and really had to choose, like on a pinata. Clemson is at home, by the way. Yeah, it don't even matter. I've seen them get their ass with it home by North Carolina. I'm gonna ride with. I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna go Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Florida State. Florida State, bro, with the two and a half uh, chance to win the game. And and in a way, I'm gonna I'm have to ride Florida State. Um, so. Cincinnati's having their Big 12 debut this week also. And uh, Cincinnati will be taking on Oklahoma at home. Oh, man. Spread is in favor of Oklahoma, 14 and a half. But Cincinnati, Cincinnati not a knock off some of the big dogs, bro. And I don't know really what their team really looking like right now. But 2-1, um, they, they should be pretty solid. I don't really see them winning this game. 45-17, hey, Oklahoma. Nah. 45-17. Oklahoma have been out here killing boys. 45-24, bro. Well, well, we in the green. They, they going to put them some they points. They going to put them some points. They ain't going to be that 73 to nothing that they just dragged it up. Sure, for sure. Oh, so we also got a, a long star shootout. TCU versus SMU. Uh, TCU is home. Favored by six and a half. Do you think TCU might take another L? Man, that's a good question because I feel like... I mean, because, like, honestly, I feel like... Because, yeah, it looked like they dominated U of H, but they really kind of scraped by. And I think SMU and, might and be I a little bit that. better this year. I believe that because from the from the, the highlights of the game, if he would let go of the ball and just at least let the offensive line block for that three seconds, you got to be able to get it out. So, I, I feel TCU will win this game, mm-hmm. but I feel SMU... Might give them a run for their money. And I feel like TCU might not win this game until the fourth quarter. Because I feel like it's going to be just back and forth like so, a tennis match. So you think it's going to be like that, that TCU-Colorado game? Yes. Yes. I can see it. I the only thing it. is, that this time, TCU come out on top. Okay. Now, speaking of Colorado, they will be away at Oregon. And the spread is actually 21 points in Oregon's favor. Oh. Oh. If you're a big man... You better take the points because Oregon, hey, hey, Oregon is about to demolish them. Nah, I'm going to ride with D. 56 I'm going to ride with Coach Prime, bro. 56-14, that offensive nah. line can't stand. I'm going to be honest. At the most, I see Colorado losing by 10 points. I I can't see that because one thing one thing Colorado can do they can score now can they stop anybody no but they they can score Colorado State exposed them as far as the run they have no they are exposed they they've been exposed since week one it's it's not a secret at this point but can anybody stop Shadur no no. Nah, I get you. And that's why I say they're going to put up the points. But without Travis Hunter, because you need need Travis Hunter more on defense than you need him on offense. You do need Travis Hunter, and and I would say that's why they're going to lose this game, if anything, because they don't have Travis Hunter. Yeah. They They need that X factor to be in there to make plays for them in certain stretches of the game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Utah and UCLA face off against each other this week as well. Both undefeated 3-0. Four and a half spread leaning towards Utah at home. Utah should beat that ass. UCLA get our hopes up every year like they gonna do something, and you know what they do? They let us down. They do let us down, but 
usually they let us down at the latter part of the season. Since it's early in the season and they still got it together, I think UCLA probably can come out of there and, and get the W. And the spread is only four and a half. So four and a half, yeah, four and a half. So I'm not saying that UCLA is a bad team because I know they're not. Mm-hmm. But I feel like UCLA always finds ways to beat themselves. It never fails. They could be, they could do everything right in quarters one through three, and in the fourth quarter they do, they make some of the dumbest mistakes I ever seen, and just make you just sit there and just be like, "What the hell did I just witness?" I don't know, man. I will tell you this: this week is is really action packed from college football versus it, last week. It's a lot of it's, it's a lot of ranked teams. Going it's a lot of ranked teams going against each other, and it's a lot of. Uh, teams that probably only got like one loss or undefeated going against each other this week, uh, for sure. And that's just through every conference. So it's really hard, people, for me to hit every game this week. But uh, I'm going to try to hit some of the major ones. Alabama at, well, Ole Miss at Alabama. Ole Miss. Ole Miss going to win that game. You think so? Yeah. Seven, seven points spread. Lane Kiffin finally got it figured out, man. He undefeated, bro. 3-0. and He got something figured out. Hey, do you know how close he was last year to winning? And he just, at the last second blew it, he got him this time. He's very, very close. And honestly, I mean, if he if he got his recruiting on point, what is really the big difference between Alabama and Mississippi? <laughs> Ain't too much different between them two states. Damn. Ain't kidding. Uh, BYU and Kansas, they face off against each other. Two undefeated teams. I think this will be the opening for BYU to debut in the Big 12 as well. And they'll be playing at Kansas, spread eight and a half. Um, mm, Kansas got an electric offense, for sure. Somebody telling me that. I, I haven't really seen much from BYU as far as, because I haven't watched Hey, that's lately. what Les Miles coached in, right? Kansas? Yes. Oh, yeah, he didn't turn that. He's turned the offense around. No, bro, he didn't turn that whole football program around. Like, they got so many things going into that football program now as far as, like, money and improving and stuff like that. It's crazy. They probably took it out that basketball budget. Yeah. Because that's what generates most of their money at that school. Yeah. The basketball. But, but you think about it. If they can get their football program on the right they, they like track. They already a chance. I believe you on that one. That's going to help improve their basketball. Because football brings in the money. Football brings in that money. Now, for the late game, uh, you got LSU. Actually, got a couple games. You got LSU and Arkansas. They face off against each other. This should be a, it's, it a should be a blowout, though. That's a good game. Fool. LSU should blow Arkansas out. Spread 17 and a half at that. Oh, yeah. That means Arkansas. Is but they both 2 and 1, so I don't know. But, you know, Arkansas, they did just lose to BYU by like a three-point three point loss mm. at Arkansas. So that kind of go to show how good BYU could be or how bad Arkansas is. Um, I don't know. That that game is a toss-up. But one game that you probably want to keep your eyes out for is Oregon State and Washington State. Both undefeated. Washington State at home. And we know this Washington State Cougar team like to put up points, and so does Oregon State. And I think that might be a shootout of the week. Yeah, because both of them teams like to run. They do trick plays. They like to do different options. Like that game is going to be wild. I yep, can't yep, wait yep. to see that one. Man. All right, so 
the wrap up this week, we got to talk about Houston playing Sam Houston State. Um, does Houston get another victory or do they fall to one and three? I'm not really sure at this point because Houston really hasn't shown me a lot to really be proud of. I seen him Sam Houston State play very well against BYU in the first week, and I would say they've got a solid defense. I know the spread is leaning towards Houston by like 12 and a half. Um, Houston has a 78% chance of winning this game. Oh, then they, then but they got it. Looking at Donovan Smith's stats, bro, he got four TDs and three picks now. And that ratio is just not saying win. But looking at Shoemaker's stats for Sam Houston, he has not thrown a TD yet. And he has three interceptions. Ew. So, who's really going to win this game? I'm going to tell you what's going to win the game. Defense. Whoever has the better secondary in this game, that's who winning this game. Because it's going to be a lot of interceptions thrown. Well, I'll tell you this. I think Houston do, do have the better defense, have the better secondary, and the front seven. They should be able to dominate against Sam Houston, especially a team that's uh, just getting into a Conference USA play that used to be on the FCS level. Houston, oh, yeah, Houston needs to dominate in this game. Yeah, we should. And I, we should I'm going to be honest. Like, if they don't win this game, bro, I'm out for this season. I'm out. Nah, don't say that, man. Nah, don't say bro, that. I'm out. Don't say that. Because don't say that. Come on, man. Look. He, like you Rice told me earlier, he me. just transferred in. So, like you said, he got to just acclimate himself with the system. Yeah, I did say he came from a spread like he was in Texas Tech. But you can't just count him out this soon, this early. It just... The season is still young, like we said before. If you lose early, find your rhythm at the end, you can play for a quality bowl. And that's what they need to do. Now, is the coach going to really just coach him up to get him there? That has yet to be seen. But everything else, everything he can control, he needs to do it. Starting with just watching film, preparing himself for whatever Sam used to stay about to throw at him. They finna throw literally everything at it. So the over and under is thirty-eight points. Do you see it going over thirty-eight or under? Over, because that's because that's thirty-eight for both of them combined. That game gonna end like thirty-one twenty-eight. I'm telling you, that game gonna be close. So you don't. So you don't think Houston gonna beat them by twelve points? No. That's I don't sad. Think so. That's the sad part. Man, we've been we've been struggling on offense too much. I'm I'm really going out of the stretch giving them this thirty-one points. You are. You really but, are. Cause, uh, but I feel like this will be a game for him to get his confidence back. To honestly, I, I think it, it's week three, bro. And if he ain't got it by game three of the season against a, a bottom feeder team, I don't know. you, you got to question him. And I don't know. Maybe it's time to move on to Lucas Cooley. But I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. We're going to transition to some NFL talk and look at some of these uh, NFL scores and make it do a do a little quick recap, recap, and uh, then we're gonna be done here. Okay. All right. So week two of the NFL was pretty pretty damn good. Uh, not gonna lie, man. That Eagles and Vikings game on Thursday night was pretty impressive. Um, but I'll tell you what, Kirk Cousins he found a lot of open receivers. But for some reason, he he only sticks to like one and two targets of his in his progressions. He's either going to uh, 
Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. As he should. And then he go to... Uh, the new receiver, right? Hockinson. Addison, right? No. Hawkinson. Oh, the tight end? He all right. But Addison, he did find him deep down the middle, that one touchdown. And I think it was like the fourth quarter. But it's like, no, it was the third quarter. And then after that, bro, it's like he never looked for Addison again, which I didn't understand. Addison had been open a couple times in the fourth quarter on them drives, and he just never looked that way. He just always looked Justin Jefferson. He'd go Hawkinson, and then he'll go to some nobody-ass receiver after that. All right, so tell me this. The Vikings are 0-2. I feel like Kirk Cousins played his best game Thursday night. He played his best game of the season so far, even though they two games in. Justin Jefferson, two weeks in a row, he had over 150 yards, still resulted in a loss. So at this point, do you think it's time at the end of the season to upgrade from Kirk Cousins or try to try to try to find a trade partner for him now? Well, the interesting thing since you said that. I just seen some news come out that maybe Kirk Cousins could be a possible trade, you know, a, a quarterback being traded to the Jets. But what are they going to do with Aaron Rodgers? I mean. Damn, are they going to let him go? They ain't going to let him go. But, you know, they say that Rodgers supposed to return by the playoffs. But if, so, that's what I'm saying. So, if Kirk Cousins is in a groove. I guess it just depends on, I mean, if, if Kirk Cousins come in, he fit the system well, and they thriving like they supposed to, uh, then you just leave Aaron Rodgers on the bench, bro, and then you could trade him in the offseason. Uh, what I what I came to realize is I used to give Kirk Cousins a lot of scrutiny. He's not a bad player. He's not a, he, like. He's average. He, he, he's like. But he proves me right, though. He's a good quarterback, but he can't get you over the hump. No, because he, he, he be right. right there on the threshold, he right. but he can't get you over the threshold. Yeah, you was right about him in this game because you said he never does good in big games, and although he did good, he didn't do good enough to get the win. But in but in but in crucial and clutch situations, he always made a bad pass. Yeah, that's what and that's what kills the drive. He you know in the fourth quarter he killed a lot of drive, and they had to come back. But even even when they had the momentum, they like to try to keep going. It was it wasn't enough. And then you got to realize the one thing I realized about the Eagles, they only run. I I I, 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 I bullshit you not. I feel like they only run like five or six plays. Well, shit, they really only got to the way DeAndre Swift been balling, bro. Bro, he ain't got to do too much, bro. And then every time they get and then the they do that QB and they do that QB, QB sneak, sneak, bro. They do that QB sneak. They give but, it to DeAndre Swift. Look, that loss for the Vikings really wasn't Kirk Cousins' fault. It he was. Played, he played a damn good game. It was the defense. It, that de- but the defense was ass last year. So they knew they were supposed to make improvements. They couldn't what stop they the did. run for nothing. But what, they could, but what they failed to do is they couldn't improve the defense. They actually ruined their offense by getting rid of Dalvin Cook and trying to, like, balance it out. Yeah. Now, even though the, the, the running back that replaced him is okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna say like he's bad or anything, you know. But it puts more pressure on Kirk Cousins to do more than now, what he's supposed to. The running back they 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 got, bro. They should have. I, I ain't gonna lie. They should have got somebody better. Especially Damn, if man. you didn't want to play play Dalvin Cook. 
I understand he had a couple injuries, but what running hey. back doesn't at this point, especially when you get to year three, four, and five, and you've been running thousands of yards, yeah. bro, and you've been the main weapon on the team, of course I'm going to be hurt. I can't lie to you. That's the team that needs to trade for Jonathan Taylor. The Vikings are the team that needs to trade for Jonathan that Taylor. That would be nice. I could see that. Because he probably be about this the is, closest thing they get to AP. This is, this is Kirk Cousins' last stand. This it. Shit. This it. Like, you know, it's no guarantee he going to be there next year. It's no guarantee that he going to be there the year after that. But that offense is solid. Look, you got two elite receivers. You got a, a all-pro tight end. All only thing you missing is that all-pro running back. You get that, Kirk Cousins will have to do nothing but just keep doing what he's doing and just let his – Playmakers finish off the rest. But the question is what they gonna do on defense. That's the problem. Hey bro, they because the I'll players. say this. I think with the average running back they got now and Kirk Cousins and those good receivers, bro, if they had a solid defense, they can go deep. Bro, they need to get rid of um they need to get they need to get rid of some like a whole bunch of they need to find some way to Honestly, get, I'm gonna be honest, when you when you say Something about their defense. I only can think of two players. I only know Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith and DeAndre Hunter. Damn, that is true. Who's the Who's the corners? I don't know anymore. See, that's their problem right there. And the linebackers on the inside. Obviously, they they ain't got nothing. Yeah, in the middle they of got them. Eric Kendricks. He's gone. Anthony Barr is gone. It's like who is left? Nobody. And that's why DeAndre Swift ran all over them like that. Um, now looking at some of the other games, Bills and Raiders, I thought that was going to be a much better game, but 38-10 victory for the Bills. They get their first win. Uh, Josh Allen was out there destroying them. He was 80% from the field. Well, look, the worst Josh Allen played last week and the better player played this one. Thank you. Three TDs, no interceptions. He played his ass off. I give him that. Um, Ravens and Bengals. I thought that Burrow would have figured it out, you know what I'm saying, this week. But now they slide to 0-2. Lamar, he looking at 2-0. and And uh, I think, I think like you said, bro, last week, I think Burrow still hurt. Yeah, he had that cash turn. But I'm going to tell you what the problem is. All that money, they sinking into that offensive line, and he's still not getting protected. Like, like, come on, man. Look, they drafted Jonah Williams in the first round. They got um, the dude from Kansas City. They got Leo Collins. They got um, Alex Chopper. They got all of these people. And they still get no, like, no type of pass blocking, nothing. And it just seems like a straight struggle every time he out there. Well, I'll tell you this. If the season continue to go that way for them, you know the Bengals will be looking for a new coach. Oh. For sure. Um, A couple close good ones. Seahawks and Lions. Chargers and Titans. I thought the Lions was going to beat the Seahawks, but Seahawks. Geno, bro, Geno Smith. This nigga really had a... Like, he really can play. <laughs> this dude, bro. He really he had, had a like real resurgence, bro. Like, for real. Two TDs, 328. I don't know what happened. I don't know uh, 
if he went and joined the Illuminati or what, you know no, what I'm saying? Stop it. But this guy, bro, he, stop it. he just came out. He's a whole new player it. now, bro. You ain't kidding. Now, I do feel bad that DK Metcalf got hurt. I think he got bruised ribs, I believe. I don't know. Like, I don't know what happened to DK, but thank you, DK. You met my bet. I made a bet on DK, and he went over. So that's all that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh Titans, Chargers. Titans, I'm going to tell you one thing about Mike Rabel. He always find a way to win the game. No, tell the truth. The Chargers always find a way to blow a game. Well, that's kind of true, too. I yes. guess the I guess Chargers that was a match are gonna charge. Heaven. That was a match made in the heaven. The Chargers are gonna charge. Justin Herbert, and you might start with him. He's good enough, but he never does enough to get over the hill. Right. And I think he might be something like Kirk Cousins. Man, no, that's that's one that's one title you really don't want. You know, you you all they always talk about how you all world all pro. He better than Tua. Tua proved last year. I mean, proved last week. He's better than you. And then you had a chance to beat an aging Ryan Tannehill, but you couldn't even do that. And you was up. You was you up. up. You was up, man. Oh, my God. Like, now that's the coach that's getting fired. Brandon Staley getting fired. He's getting fired this year. That's possible. If 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 they don't make the playoffs. No, they. it doesn't even matter. They got to go all the way. Nah, to the, they they got to go to the, the divisional round. No, I'm talking about they got to go all the way. to. They got to at least make it to the divisional round. I think if they make the playoffs, it'll be okay. Because you already know they're not going to win the division. Yeah, they ain't winning the division. But. Chiefs probably going to win the division still. Yeah, because we know the Broncos still trash. Um, <sighs> That's a damn shame. Now, How I'm going to ask you this question. The Buccaneers and Bears played against each other. The Bucks did win 27-17, but Baker Mayfield somehow is determined to show that he's not a bust. Yes, he is. The only reason why the Buccaneers won that game because Justin Fields made the dumbest pass as my bum of the week. <laughs> hey, and why would he pass the ball in his own end zone in the middle, in the middle of all that traffic to where he can get tipped and go to the defender and they ran it in for a touchdown? All of that was Justin Fields' fault. Every bit of it. I won't blame it all on Justin Fields. Oh, you got to blame it on him. I think a lot of it is coaching. And honestly, you got to, if you look at Chicago and how they play, you got to ask, ask the coach, what are you really doing to put Justin Fields in the best situation to lean on his weapons of as Man. far as what he does to be successful? Who was that coach getting that Uber flus dude? The defensive dude? Bro, we, look, we said that from day one. If you drafted Justin Fields or Justin Fields is there, you knew you needed an offensive-minded coach. You knew that. I don't know why they went and got this dude to, like, rebuild the defense when everything that you drafted in the past two years was to fix the offense. Yeah, and, and then, well, they did make some of them, like, you know, getting DJ Moore and stuff like that. But, but the point is, you have no offensive coordinator. They don't have, work, yeah, they don't have an work offensive with him. scheme yeah. to really – Help him. Because he still look lost. He do. He still look lost. He, he look like he don't he, know nothing. And he honestly, honestly, he holds the ball too long as well. Man, because he know he feels, I feel like all of the plays are designed for him to run. And, and that's a bad thing right there because he's not going to always be able to run the ball like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As he age and stuff like that, he's not going to be able to run the ball like that. 
And right now, it, it almost looks like he can't really pass the ball like that. So, I mean, do you think Justin Fields is a bust or do you think it's just more of a scheme? It's the scheme. It's the scheme. Because now that everybody has figured out, you know, his run patterns and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they know how to, you know, they know when to put eight in the box. But the point is, though, if your coach is a defensive-minded coach, he needs to put you in a position where he can pick apart the defense for you and he can call the plays or get with the offensive coordinator to call the play that's going to help him execute the play. They don't do that. They just leave him out there like, all right, Justin, we just going to run this play right here. If you can run it, you can run it. If not, then yeah. run. And, and, you know, the one thing I remember about Justin Fields coming into the NFL, they always talked about how he had a hard time reading defense. Yeah, and and it shows. I, yeah, I'll say it, it shows, shows, but also they don't like you said they don't really put him in a position to win. Look, he has failed with Matt Nagy. He has failed with this coach right here. They it, that is yeah, that is the second coach. And it's like, it's like shit. It's like honestly, the way it's looking right now is like at this point. What can you really do to like improve his confidence? You, now that's a, now when you talking about simplifying offenses, they need to just straight just simplify it all the way, dumb down his offense yeah. because he he's not getting the ball to DJ Moore. He can't. He's not getting the ball to Claypool. The run game is just utter trash. It's like this is it's not working and. You can't say it's offensive line. They improved that. He just sit back there he just like the trying to just – He holds the ball. Who do I throw it to? Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's the same thing with him, bro. Like, he needs to – progression one, progression two. It's not there. Run. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He don't do just, that. Bro, just get out of there because you're you holding the ball too long. You're not doing anything with it. And they offense is really suffering. So, um, I'm going to tell you who my, my favorite favorite team – that I picked, you know, to win the Super Bowl right now. I'm going to have to roll with the 49ers, bro. Cause, whoa, whoa. Because Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy has been looking magical every week. So tell me this. Tell Christian me this. McCaffrey, as long as he's healthy, he's, you know what I'm saying, going so on the right trajectory. You feel the 49ers are better than the Cowboys right now? Cowboys, yeah, because, all right, given, given that the 49ers, they did play – a Steelers team that didn't look like they was on the right page week one. But this week, they came and beat the Rams. And I feel like the Rams was very, very competitive. I've seen that game. Uh, but no, no. speaking of the Rams, bro, that Puka Nakua dude, yeah, that rookie yeah. receiver, boy's a monster, bro. Put him on your fantasy bro, team. 15 receptions, bro, 147 yards. And this is, this is his second week doing something like that. Hey, they done found themselves a new Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup might be done. Yeah, and Cooper Cup can't stay healthy. But a 30-23 30, 30 victory um, for the 49ers. They forced two turnovers, so their defense on point. The offense is rolling with Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I don't know, bro. I think the 49ers is the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. Right now, I think they are. You know what I'm saying? So, basically what you're saying is the 49ers had a Cowboys number. Y'all heard it here, folks. They did. D-Raw. He says that the 49ers own the Cowboys. They did beat them a couple years ago in the playoffs. They beat them last year, too, and the year before that. 
Yeah, so. You heard it up. I ain't say nothing. I just let him talk. So let's look at it. Because the way I look at it, Dallas has put up 70 points in two games. Well, all right. In two games, they put up 70 points. First off, bro, Dallas played the Jets. Who has Zach Wilson starting at quarterback? Hey, but and but they still, but the Jets still have a top five defense, and they still put up thirty. They do, but if you look at Dak, Dak Prescott, he didn't really look that great. I mean, he played hey. okay, two fifty five, hey. two TDs, no no interceptions. I get it. Now C D Lamb, he's been showing up. Yeah, because that boy, uh, hey, I don't know what sauce was, and, and sauce got sauced up. Yeah, sauce. Sauce ain't no Darrell Rivas, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, buddy. Uh, even Pollard, he showed up, 25 carries, 72 yards. I mean, the offense looked good, but it looked good last year. So, let's not okay. act like we're surprised about okay. that. Okay, that's true. That's true. The defense, on the other hand, yeah, defense is a surprise. And we ain't talking about Michael Parsons. We talking about, about the whole Everybody. Unit, I'm talking about Stephon Gilmore, Trey Diggs, Van Der Esch. Everybody showing up. This everybody, year. everybody. I'm talking. About, it's a full team effort. Yeah. So the other, I granted the Cowboys did win thirty to ten. Maybe this is the year that they, you know, get oh, over no, the hump and beat the 49ers. I'm not but, a Cowboys fan, but I know they're not going to the Super Bowl. I just want to hear him say <laughs> which one he thought was better. Because we all know, we all know. As soon as they get to that big game, it's all over. I, I think it's all because done. let me tell you something. Because Fred wanna. Gonna get in them trenches. That boy finna be chasing Dak all over that field. We know what's happening next. It's gonna be Pick City. I was about to say it's, it's all gonna fall on Dak at this point, bro. And I think that's gonna be the conclusion of his career uh, with the Cowboys, or it might continue depending on how he do in the playoffs this year. Cause I think they're going to the playoffs. Yeah, cause the AFC. Sure. I don't know where they're going, y'all. But uh, now that Giants and Cardinals game, I love the resurgence from the Giants, bro. To just come down. They was what? It was 28-0 at half, bro. They put up 31 unanswered points. Daniel Jones. <laughs> he so, went 321 yards, two, t- two TDs, one interception. Let me let me tell you what I find so alarming about that. It is not the fact that the Giants had to come back. It's the fact that for the past two weeks, the Cardinals have played harder than I've ever seen them play. And then, in the last few minutes, they, they just move. So, just it, it made me feel like, are they really tanking for Caleb? But you really think that's what they want, though? I mean... Because, look, look, this, this is how I see it. This is how I see it. If they play their cards right, they could turn around and have the number one and number two draft pick in the draft next year. Just, it's amazing. They can literally have the top two picks, and you already know that is Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. They already have a one-two punch right there. Now, what do they do with Kyler Murray? Is beyond me. Because the only other team I can see getting Caleb Williams right now is Lord knows they need it, but they, you know, they're not gonna tank like that. Who are you talking about? Oh man, the Jets need it. You know, the Jets need it. You know, I, I was thinking about it, but. I don't. I don't think the either Jets the Jets or the Bears. The Jets or Bears gonna wind up ending up getting Caleb Williams. 
don't think the Jets. I mean, I don't think the Jets is going to really go get another quarterback. But it wouldn't hurt for him to sit behind Rodgers for one year. Yes, yes, because the Zach Wilson experiment is over. Yeah, Wilson is Wilson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah, it. Wilson is Wilson. That's that's not it. Because he gave me a glimmer of hope in that Cowboys game when he threw that pass to Gary Wilson. I thought he was going to come out there and really do something. But then sack after sack, fumble, interception. I'm like, oh, man. But you know what? Let's take Part of that is just the offensive line, too. And I, I don't think it I don't really think it would have been a, a huge difference if Aaron Rodgers was out there, bro. I don't think so. I think the offensive line is, is really the problem. But I'm going to tell you, why didn't they give Brees Hall the ball, bro? Yeah. He only I, had like 10 carries. Why didn't they give him the ball? This dude's probably like their best offensive player. Why didn't they give him the ball? That's a good question. Hey, I don't, I don't, you know what? It's a lot of question marks for me with Robert Sala. Like, I like what he's done with the defense. Why is it that these great defensive coaches never find a great offensive coordinator to match them? It's not even that sometimes. Why isn't that it's just common sense to like lean, you know, towards the run or the pass? as a coach, period. Like, it don't matter if I'm good at defense or offense. Hell, to be good at defense, you got to know how to stop offense. So, that means you got to know how to generate a good offense to beat that defense. Yeah. And I feel like when you're a defensive-minded coach, I feel like you've seen every defensive scheme there is. So, I feel like you should have the upper hand when a team brings their offense out to the field. Exactly. I feel like it should be like a straight-up chess match. Like, okay, like, hey. If they doing this, they in this formation, nine times out of ten, they either going to do this or they're going to do this. So let me go ahead and put my, you know what I'm saying, put call this certain play to where I know for sure this is going to execute and help me get the uh, the turnover or the stop that I need. But Robert Sala just be, he just be there. Mm-hmm. Like, well, they look, like, they look so good against the Bills, and then they turn around and just fall flat on their faces against the Cowboys. And this. It's just depressing, bro. It's just, it's just depressing. Yeah. I, I, and then it's like, even if they go get anybody else at quarterback, you know. I think they're going to stick with Zach Wilson. Oh, man, don't say that. Don't I say do. That. I really do. Hey, well, the season's over. <laughs> they probably get about seven wins again, huh? They looking like, I'm not going to lie, they looking like the same team from last year without The exact same Rogers. team. Mediocre at best. Because like, um, the defense playing hard as hell. But them three and now it's killing their asses. Well, I'm going to tell you this, man. I figured out what's wrong with the Broncos, bro. And it ain't Russell Wilson. It's the offensive line. Still? They just, they just plugged in two new people? Russell Wilson went 308 yards, three TDs, one interception, bro. And they still found a way to lose the game 35-33. to uh, Wilson tried to hold on for the win by throwing a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Of course, that got denied. Uh, they went down to the T, man, and Washington somehow pulled out the win against them. Uh, Washington is actually 2-0, which is a, which is a surprise to me because I didn't expect them to start off the season like that. That's a lot of teams 2-0. I did shit. expect the Broncos to start off to a better start, but from what I see, it's not Russell Wilson. Everybody was on Russell Wilson case and stuff, but when I watch that game, it's not Wilson, bro. It's the offensive line for sure, by far. Well, they need to make some calls then. Because they got a championship defense. They got a, a, a great quarterback. 
they got receivers. Well, I ain't gonna say he's great. He's good. He ain't great no more. Well, he, yeah, he, yeah, he's good. But the point is, he's still above average. Yeah, he's above average. It ain't all on him. And they and everybody, the sports media and all that, they can stop that right now. It ain't all on Russell Wilson, for sure. Uh, hey, look, at the end of the day, he going to get the scrutiny because they not getting the wins. Well, look, the Dolphins, they showed up against uh, the Patriots. It wasn't really a, an exciting game in my point of view, but – the Dolphins did take care of business. Not much to talk about. It was, it was kind of expected, you know. Even though now the pa- I feel like I will the say Dolphins this. struggled. I will say this. Looking at the Patriots, I didn't realize, but they actually do have a decent receiving core. I didn't yeah. think, but they got Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster, and they got uh, what's the tight end? Uh, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry. I didn't know he really had all those targets. Um, yeah, he he actually got a solid rank. The rank game is decent. Yeah, too. The, the Stevenson. So, they they got they I actually. Have, I really don't know what's wrong with this team, bro. I can tell you. I can tell you. You think it's Mac Jones? It's Mac Jones. It's Mac Jones. Well, I tell you what. If the Patriots end up with a top ten pick, it'll be another quarterback probably. Oh man! Now, it's believe it or not, because I could actually see Drake May in a Patriots uniform. Well, because I'm gonna be honest, like. If they don't win that many games, it's going to be because of quarterback play. It ain't well, going to be because of defense. I put it to you like this. If they lose next week, they're going to put that they going to put Zappy in the game. They put if they if they are losing or he makes another costly mistake, they put Zappy in the game next week. It is yeah. what it is. It's like it's time to you got to know when to just give up and just understand that some quarterbacks are just not going to change. Yeah, yeah. Um Saints and Patriots faced off against each other. Derek Carr, uh, he didn't play that oh, well. Oh, you talking about Saints and uh, Panthers? Yeah. Saints and Panthers faced off against each other. 20-17 to 17 victory by the Saints. Derek Carr did not play that well, but he did enough to get the victory. Uh, I will tell you one thing. Your boy ain't looking too good on the Panthers Bryce side, bro. Young is going through straight hell right now. Hey, a lot of his like, limitations is... is it's actually because of his size. Man, his limitations because of that receiving core. His receiving core not that Bro, big. Adam Thielen is his is his number one target. Come on, bro. It's not but Stop. I'm gonna tell you, bro, his run games, limitations. Miles Sanders is like not what he used to be. Like, man. His limitations, bro, is cause of his height. He can't even really see over that old line, bro. That's why he has to roll out. And he ain't no Drew Brees, dog. Man, he not like how tall is he? Like he got to be like what six feet, huh? Probably like five nine or something. He he can't be no five nine. That's too short. They probably got him on paper like six feet or something, but he ain't that tall, bro. You can look at him. That boy's small. Uh, Browns and Steelers. Deshaun Watson blew another another one. Deshaun Watson was horrible. Well, he did win last week, but but, but he wasn't good in that he game. He wasn't either. good. Yeah. He, what, he damn sure he, all the he, turnovers he committed he, in this one. Ooh. He's not looking like $200 million guaranteed, I tell you that much. Hey, so this is what I want to know. Like, what do you do with that? Like, do you, can, are you even able to trade that? Well, I'm going to say this. I think before they traded Deshaun, they'll actually go in another direction for coach. Because Stephen Stefanski, he already had a couple quarterbacks. And uh, well, bringing Deshaun in and guaranteeing all that money. You're going to ride with Deshaun and see if you can re- revive, you know, put him back on the course to doing what he was doing with the Houston Texans, bro. But uh, 
him losing Nick Chubb, you know, Nick Chubb been out for the season from a nasty injury. And, oh, they signed uh, Kareem Hunt today. Okay, well, that's So, good. that'll help them with Jerome Ford in the backfield. So, Jerome, they still. He looked good. Jerome yeah, Ford he looked good. very good last week. And Kareem Hunt already know the offense, so that's going to be smooth. Exactly. Um, I don't know how many wins the Browns going to get, but if Deshaun keep playing the way he's playing, I look for them boys to probably go like 4-13 and 13 or something, bro. Ooh, don't spoil. That benefits the Texans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the benefits Texans. to the Texans, bro. It benefits all the benefits. Like without without Texans. so without Nick Chubb, I say they gonna get about maybe six or seven wins. If they would have had Nick Chubb, because really you can take the ball out of Deshaun hands at that point. I was only gonna give them nine or ten wins anyway. They weren't gonna make the playoffs either way because no, I actually the thought a- they was gonna make it. Man, the AFC North is too hard for them to get in because you got the Bengals, you got the Ravens, and you got the Steelers. You well, weren't gonna get in either even way. Even though the Steelers won at twenty six, twenty two, I think that uh, Pickett is gonna be average, average at best, especially this season. I don't really think he's gonna be consistent, and honestly. Um, I really don't see them winning that many games. I really don't see them keeping that streak alive with Mike Tomlin for having winning seasons this year. Either. No, that it, that's gonna end this year because they because they definitely going eight nine. But uh, you know Deshaun Watson, bro. Like I was looking at the game and yeah, he had pressure. He don't have a good offensive line, but it's not his first time not having a good offensive line. That's true. But the times he have been able to sit in the pocket. He threw a lot of passes that was just inaccurate. I saw, especially towards that sideline, bro. That them balls was too hey, high, now too that, far. Now out. that pass to Donovan Peoples Jones, that was, and then he was trying to look for that flag, like, bro, that ball oh, was no. so far out of bounds. Speaking of flags, bro, what's going on with the son, bro? He he running out there, he's scrambling, grabbing people by face masks, throwing them yeah, down. Yeah, he did that twice. Yeah, like I don't know, man. They've been saying a lot of things about the son, and the son just not. But one thing I do know that's actually true, if you take off more than a year from the NFL, you will never come back the same. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Well, that could be partially true, but I know somebody who took off more than a year and was in jail and came back and dominated, and his name was Mike Vick. Yeah, but... Mike Vick is just a different breed of athlete. Well, we thought the same about Deshaun, who was supposed to be the Michael Jordan of football. Nah, he's the he's more the Michael Jordan of uh, prostitution. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That was the only way he was scoring. Hey, but look, uh, speaking of prostitution and football, now let's what? talk about what. So we talking about the Texans people, and uh, I got my boy Trey here today. What's up? What's going on, there, my boy? Oh, what's up? <laughs> so, uh... He just excited, people. He <laughs> he loved his team. Oh, uh, yeah. The Houston Texans faced off against the Indianapolis Colts. They lost 31-20. Uh, CJ Stroud, he went 30 for 47, 384 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. Uh, pretty damn good game by Stroud, but also a damn great game by Anthony Richardson while he opened up the game untouched, running for the first touchdown for seven, then another touchdown for another seven. So it was 14-0, bro, until Anthony Richardson got knocked out of the game. Um, What do you expect the Texans to improve on going into the next week against Jacksonville? And do you think 
the Texans could possibly get their first win against the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, heading into Jacksonville. Look, the only way they can get a victory against the Jaguars, they have to be able to stop the run because they're going to try to run the crap out of Travis Etienne Jr. Because it's like this. And then once they figure out the run, once they start slowing them down with the run, then they're going to start throwing it to Calvin Ridley. Then they're going to try to get Christian Kirk involved. Then, you know, that's how you know that's how they do because that's how Doug Peterson plays his offense. Mm-hmm. He's going to run the crap out of it, and then he's going to try to hit you over the top just out the blue. The secondary is not the problem for the Texans. It's the run defense. But if Travis Etienne Jr. having a good game on the ground, I'm telling you, they're going to keep running that shit all game. I totally agree on that. That's exactly what I was going to go with. Our biggest problem is the run. If we can't stop the run, it opens up next team passing. That's been happening the last two two weeks. And the next the other thing is, one of us will be successful is getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. We yeah. don't get no pressure. And that mainly focuses on the D-line. We don't have a D-line to put pressure but on the quarterback. But the crazy part is, to me, Will Anderson is great, but I see what you notice. They double But look, but I was going to say, week one against the, the Ravens, the D-line looked good. They did good at stopping the run. They did good at limiting Lamar Jackson. Uh, Will Anderson had six pressures on the quarterback, and he had a sack. Week two against the Colts, no sacks, not much pressure, and they did horrible at stopping the run. Zach Moss, 18 carries, 88 yards, one TD. He's a below-average running back, bro. Bro, they are double teaming Will Anderson. The rest of the the rest of the defense does not get involved. The linebacker core took a step back. So basically, it's like you know I understand what they're doing because you in the AFC South, so you going against more passing mm-hmm. than anything. I get it because you in the AFC period, you going against Mahomes, Herbert. You know, you're going against real quarterbacks that throw, like to throw the ball deep. So, it was only right for him to fix the secondary first. Yeah. But I feel that if anybody should follow D'Amico Ryan's teaching, it should be the interior defensive line first and the linebacker. And the linebacker. I don't care how good your secondary is. I don't care if they all below average on the, on the linebackers and defensive line. You have a fucking coach that was a all-pro yeah. linebacker. That boy, that boy that is a linebacker guru, bro. He should. Like, and then you got to think about it. You got to think about it. When he was with the 49ers, they didn't have no secondary like that. Everything was in, everything was won in the trenches for them. My question is, who's calling defensive plays? He is. No. I don't think he no. is. He not? He's not. Why? I don't think so. Why not? I think, the, de- I think the DC, the defense coordinator, is calling the play. He brought oh. one. Of, he brought one of the other oh, defensive no. players. He, he needs to bring. Five. Yeah, he's been realizing five. that. Just like I, hey, I really uh, thought all the time to be the one calling the plays. But you know, I think it also depends on the situations in the game because I also seen D'Amico call some plays as well. I'm about to say he got it, bro. So. Because let me tell you something. I am very proud. Of C.J. Stroud's progression from week one to week two. I love him. Think about think about it. Cause look look how hey, Bryce look. Young struggling. 
then look at how C.J. Stroud look, is progressing. If we, if we just look at the three rookie quarterbacks that was drafted, oh, Bryce, Bryce Young, he's been struggling. Oh, uh, man. I don't think he's thrown too many touchdown passes like that. He's been turning the ball over yeah, for sure. Yeah, they have lost some stuff. Uh, I think he only threw one so far. Anthony, yeah. Anthony Richardson, he's been playing great as far as running. Yeah. Now, the arm is questionable. But the thing about him is, He's played two games in the NFL so far, and he right. has not completed one. He hasn't completed a game yet. Are you serious? He got hurt in the first game? He got hurt in the first game. It was something with his knee. Second game, he got a concussion. Damn. So, CJ Stroud is the only one that's played every game. Although he didn't he didn't throw a touchdown in the first week, he, he didn't throw no interceptions. He had a good passing rating. This week, he go in. He threw 47 passes, which is a lot for a rookie quarterback. That is a lot. No interceptions, two TDs, and he's doing pretty damn well. So, if you knew what you knew right now about the three quarterbacks, Bless you. who would you take? I would still take. I take Stroud. I, I've been taking. I've been telling you to take C.J. Stroud all along. I knew Bryce. Young, it was just something about Bryce Young. I just didn't. That just didn't gel I well. I that too. I like. Bryce Young, he he a top quarterback in in college. He go on to Heisman, but I'm like, it just looked just too small. And, and then don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. And if I couldn't get C.J. Stroud, I probably would go to Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I probably do too. But the only the only thing about that, I wouldn't let Anthony Richardson start this year. I would actually let Garner Minshew start, and just let me see what my offensive line is, and, and then let him come in. Because especially once I found out Jonathan Taylor wasn't playing, I wouldn't have start. I wouldn't have played him at all. I'm going I'm to tell you one thing that probably really twisted that game against the Colts up for the Texans is that Gardner Minshew did enter the game and Richardson did go out because I believe that Minshew has a better arm than Richardson. It's more accurate. He can hit hit the receivers deeper, you know, with, more, with better accuracy. And uh, although he might throw shorter pack, passes and stuff like that, it was somewhat a different package for him. It wasn't no QB runs and stuff like that. So he get the full playbook. For, so everything that they they planned for, you know, against the Colts, it was it was around Richardson. They they expected him to run. You know, they they practiced to stop the run. Of course, they didn't do good because he opened up the game right away, bro, like that and two TD runs. But everything was for Minshew. So Minshew coming in, it, it really just changed the game for the Texans. My question to uh, well, my answer back on your first question, what? Can the Texans do to beat the Jaguars offensive wise? Open up the pass. Yeah. Open they, up the they, pass. They no to. start with the run. I know we want to get the run started. We don't have the offensive line right now. We got too many entries to try to go with the run. Open up the pass first for us to get the run. Get the run they going. need to try to see if they can pick somebody up off waiver because that right side of the line, y'all gonna get that boy killed. That Man. that side of the line is just well, absolutely I think, horrible. I think we got. Possibly two more weeks to get all our starting starting linemen back, and uh, maybe it might be one week. They might return against the Steelers the following week, hopefully, because uh, T.J. Watt gonna be after his ass. Yeah, and the crazy part is the Texans. I think the Jaguars is one of the few teams that actually have a winning record against. 
Yeah. So like they can they can beat the Jaguars. I'm not saying that they can't. Yeah, the, Jag- but the, point the Jaguars, is, bro. They gotta they gotta take the training wheels off on CJ Stride and let him go. With a with a nine and a half spread leaning towards the Jaguars to win the game against the Texans. That's too much. That's too much. Because that's one thing I give the Texans credit for. They will play the Jaguars hard. Now I understand the only thing they really improved on was just adding Calvin Ridley. Jaguars offensive line is still trash. So this is a great time. For Will Anderson to really put some pressure on Trevor Lawrence. And not only Will Anderson, but Jonathan Grenard got to step up too. I want to see more of Dawson Schultz this game. We have not had gave that man no passes. He what caught four passes last last week. Yeah, he he, about 30, 40 yards. Yeah, he got some passes in the end of the game. They need to get make a package for him, get him up because he he can be a threat and open up our offense with the passing game. Well, we have our most of our our game been focused on run, 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 try to pass to whoever's open. Dalton Schultz ain't been nowhere in that package yeah. at all. They, he's they looking need, frustrated. They need some different packages, period. Because uh, Damian Pierce, bro, 26 carries and 69 yards on the season so far. That is terrible. That is terrible, well, That's bro. the interior line. That don't have nothing to do with him. Well, I hey, look, him well, look if, it's the, if it's the interior line, bro, they need to just run in between Tunsil and Shaq Mason and outside Tunsil, bro, and that's it. Well, you can't do that because then it's going to be That's going to be too, too hey, predictable. When they start begin, becoming predictable, run some play action. Well, speaking of play action, hold up. Speaking of play action, the Texans, bro, they need to figure out a way to get Stroud out the pocket so he ain't got to sit there and take all that pressure. So, running play action. That's why I said don't Running play action could be something that can help them or like a bootleg or something. Run something, bro. Don't just let him sit in the pocket. And try to figure it out. Man, I ain't gonna lie to you. The best move for him right now, if you know that offensive line leaky like that, just let him operate out of shotgun. Let him operate out of shotgun or a single back formation. Mm-hmm. And hey, and then what you gonna do? You need to give it to him on the draw play or just let him just air that just air it out. I don't think that's a bad idea. I said mostly shotgun, probably do more sixty shotgun, forty for under center. Yeah, I could take that a little mixture of that, not too much of it. Probably more like twenty under. They probably need to incorporate a fullback again. Just throw some extra blocking out there, or either you need to go in a double, a, a double tight end set. You yeah. need something that's gonna help. You know what I'm saying? If you're gonna run the ball like that, you yeah. gotta really be out there. Yeah, I was gonna say blockers. When them boys decide to run the ball, they need to just go out there in like a heavy set, bro. But even if you, I don't even know if you line up the goal line. Yeah, like because I'm talking they, about just. To you really get the, the passing game going, you got to run at least decently, bro. Yeah. And 69 yards over two games, he should be getting that in one game. I want to say they should do more like a three-step three, three step drop back with him, get Dawson Short some outside to inside comeback routes. Yeah. That get the passing game going a little bit. Get him warmed up real quick, get him in his rhythm, and they get Dawson Short going and make him doing what he need to do. Because he's not in the game, how he going to play well, how he going to block well. He's not going to feel – Confident enough to do his game, right? And that's what's been going on. Like they need to get him started. What's the point in picking him up? But he is a good tight end. He's not one of the top ten. He's probably like top fifteen. He's top end. fifteen though. But you get him going, you get everybody else going. You, you know what? I hate to say this, but maybe I need to give Gary Kubiak a call. I was just thinking that we were we said play action because <laughs> hey, them play action with be Kubiak the bad addition, was bro. hey. <laughs> like, I'm talking about just like just just like as a just like as like an offensive assistant. Or yeah, something, something like he that. Wouldn't, just, he wouldn't be a bad addition to the team. Right for now. the for the offenses they need to run right now with that with that shitty ass line, yeah. like the bootlegs, the rollouts. 
Oh yeah, that's what he needs. But back then, when Gary Kubiak was head coach, we had a great offense line that whole time. Like, we did, but we had a predictable but, but, offense. But the point is, though, you had a, a quarterback that couldn't move. Now that you have a quarterback that can that move, can, yeah. so basically, if the play action is not there, he can take off. If the play, if the play breaks down, bam! I know I got a running back in the flats that can help me out. I got a tight end. I got a tight end in the middle of the field that I can throw, dump the ball off to if I'm getting pressure. He's not doing none of that. When he had his play action, Owen Daniels was always in part of that play Thank action. Thank you. He hey. always made plays well, look, doing play actions. One thing I can tell you for sure, Gary Kubiak is just a call away because he's already been mentoring D'Amico as he you know, became a Texans, became the Texans head coach. Well, he need to be mentoring so, that offensive coordinator because uh, – I think, Gary, I think D'Amico Bryan's either going to be pick one. Take, like take chances and call and play for defense or take chances to call and play for offense because whoever calls and play for offense is not working. Well, slow with just calling like offense. Look, I'm, I'm going right. to tell, tell you why I'm just surprised at how slow and stagnant the offense is moving because think about it. If Bobby Slowick had one time Jimmy Garoppolo and he made him look good, you doing with somebody 10 years younger more athletic, stronger arm. It doesn't matter about the line. You know what plays can work for his skill set. Mm-hmm. You know what to do to get him, you know what I'm saying? Because right now, yes, you can tell that they opened up the playbook a little bit. Come on, 384, two touchdowns. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Now, 47 passes, that's a bit too much, but the run game was dead. He yeah. had no choice. He ain't had no choice. He didn't have a choice. Well, I'll tell so you I one get thing, bro. They they playing a whole lot better than they were last year, and Shroud looks light years better than Mills. Yeah. Yes. Yes. If we're so. gonna speak on Stroud, let's speak on Stroud for a second. His his mistakes is he gotta know when to step into the pocket when that rush is coming. Cause he don't step in, he'll sit there. They come in, cloud him up, and he just get sacked. He gotta know when to step up, step up for, or just go in and take that run if he can, or just go yes. and slide. He can't just sit in there for too long. Well, yeah. I think I think a lot of his mistakes is like rookie mistakes. Uh, he got to get in his head, like we were saying earlier. Progression one, progression two, not there, run. You know what I'm saying? Don't keep looking for three and four, bro. Just go ahead and run. Whatever your your primary read was, if he ain't open in your secondary, let me go ahead and take off. Because a lot of times, like you said, Stroud, he has the ability to just Get, get to the first down, and it'd be an open hole sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. he'll still sit there and try to force a pass, and that's what he got to stop doing. And I know one damn thing. He needs to learn to slide. He taking too many unnecessary hits. In the pocket. I ain't really No, outside him. the pocket, too. Because when he's scrambling and he's going for extra yardage, hey, he will not slide. He try to sit there and try to force it. Hey, look, you don't want him getting hurt. You don't want him taking unnecessary hits. Because let me tell you something. Like, that, you see how Anthony Richardson took them unnecessary hits. That boy's head hit the ground hard as hell in that game. When he ran for that touchdown. I seen it. Because, like, instead of, instead of just going out of – you had already got the touchdown, bro. Like, it was nothing else. You could have just, you know, you trying to, like, jump and forward. Like, for what? You already in the end zone. Like, you don't – well, I think I think a lot of Anthony Richardson stuff. He he's going to learn. NFL ain't the same as college, bro. Yeah, these he players are a whole lot league. faster. And, and the rookie see it. The rookie see it right now, and I believe Stroud see it more than probably all both of them because 
Stroud ain't made no bad passes for real. No, I mean, probably he has two, he maybe two bad passes that could almost been picked. But every but time I I'm see him in the ball, I'm tell you this, one thing for sure about Stroud. Once he see the target and he lock his eyes on it, it's accurate every time, bro. Yeah. It's accurate every time. He he don't he don't pick he don't pick bad you know options or whatever you yeah, want to say. He, he don't throw bad no passes. Stupid windows if, and... if he see the receiver, he gonna put the ball in the basket. I guarantee you, if Stroud if the roles were reversed, if Stroud was picked by Buffalo with the offense line and they players, Stroud could be a top top ten quarterback. Yeah, no doubt. I believe it. All he really needs. Cause no, 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 I take that back. I take that back. I, I believe Nico Collins can actually develop into a true number. He's looking like it finally. You know, I like I like how Tank Dale is progressing. Robert Woods is at safety net. You can already tell. That's what Dalton Schultz should be. What Robert Woods is yeah. doing right now. If if I Robert. See I want to see Mechie, bro. We all want to see Mechie. We all want to see Mechie. Because I think he's is, the best rock runner on that see? team. But but what's but we don't know what the problem is. We don't. I, don't, don't he, I think he have another setback, and they just don't want to say nothing yet. I don't know. I mean, I think we'll see more Mechie uh, this week against Jacksonville. But speaking on Nico, Nico, bro, seven receptions, one forty six, one TD. Then Robert Woods, Curry he high. did, he did his thing. Uh, Dale stepped up, so. The receiving core is really, really playing at a high level. And even Schultz, he still, I think he still had about four catches as well. So if everybody can keep playing like that and play like dogs week in, week out, Texans going to win some games, bro. Yeah. Like, I still I still have them projected to win six or seven games. It's just the fact that now that the offense is slowing down for C.J. Stroud, you're going to see a vast improvement against the Jaguars even more so than you saw against the Colts. Yeah. I feel like they have the tools to actually keep up with Jacksonville. It's just the fact that he has to feel comfortable in the pocket first. Mm -hmm. And the first two games, he didn't feel comfortable in the pocket. My take on the offense, what I want to see for this game is a lot of short passes, mix them up, confuse confuse the defense that you want to do short and run, short and run. Then open up with some deep passes for Nico Collins and Robert Woods. Have Dale come through. On the drag routes or to a comeback route, don't have him going deep all the time because he's not too he's not big enough to go deep. He's not that fast to go deep. He ain't got no Deshaun Deshaun Jackson speed. What he ran what about a four 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 five? Yeah. I believe Deshaun Jackson was like what four two four exactly. three. Exactly. Tank Dell he just he like got four, more agility. He, nah, he was four five. Tank Dell he's got more agility though than Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, but. I want to see him with more short routes. Have have Collins doing a deep route. You have Robert Woods doing the, the 10, 15 yard drag routes outside towards the corner. Do a lot of screen passes with Dale. Get him try to get you no know, try to get him going. I and get Dalton Shores going on some short routes to the outside, five yards, ten yards out doing drag. I'm telling you, it can work if they do it. Because that's because right. the more passes they do, the more that's gonna open up the run. Exactly. Yeah, and that's something they know. What they said last week, what the announcer said during the game, they want they what they said takes. We want to keep the run going. We want to stay to our game. You already you already told everybody well, what you're trying to do. But but that's fine though. The point is though, the whole, that's that's the whole thing about football. You see Patrick Mahomes come on the field, you know what's gonna happen, right? No, the ball going to Travis Kelsey. It's going to Kelsey. Exactly. It's going to Kelsey. But the the real question is, can you stop it? No, if you can't. can't stop it, don't get mad. You know it's coming. 
You leaving them open? And, and I, guess what? I'm gonna feed him every time. And I always say, if you had a, if you have a great tight end on your team, you can win ball games. Because the great tight end, it's hard for linebackers to be the t- to stay with a tight end. Yeah. You got a b- tight end, you can win they're games. They're too you physical for corners. Exactly. And they're they too fast for linebackers. Well, I'll tell you what, bro. Josh Allen might have his hands full this week. And they might just cancel each other out. So, I can tell you one thing. The receivers going to have to step up again. Uh, what are y'all final predictions for this game? Let me see. I'm going to say... Spread the the over and under is forty four. Forty four, nah. I'm gonna say the final score is gonna be twenty seven twenty four. But I feel like Jacksonville gonna pull it out and go the last second field goal. But I feel like Houston really gonna give them a run for their money. I give it. Talk about who winning? Who winning? And what's the score? I'm a Texas fan, so I'm gonna stay with the Texans. I'm be- I'm the believer. I go twenty seventeen. That's a good score, though. 2017. Because I feel like the game going to get so defensive in the second half. I think all the points pretty much going to be scored in the first half. I actually think this going to be a little shootout. I, I think I think the Texans, they're going to give up 31 points. Oh, no. Nah, hell mm-hmm. no. Nah. Jacksonville, I mean, put up, they put up 31 one time. Yeah, but if I don't, I don't really think we're going to better stop ETN, bro. And um, I just... Trevor Lawrence is pretty good. I know some of our DBs can be questionable at different points. And <clears throat> if we don't have our safeties back this week, Jacksonville putting up 31 points. And Texans will probably get anywhere from 24 to 27 points. It's going to be a close game, but without them safeties, bro, without uh, Petrie and Ward that is being questionable, factor. Real I don't. I don't really know. Damn, what Ward been out. Ward been out for a while now. What happened? Something with his hip or something. But look, I will say this: if Petrie come back and we get Ward, I think the Texans win the game, and they'll be the other way. Thirty-one twenty-seven, Houston. What I have to say: we have not gave up too many deep passes. It, that's we true. Just, that's we true. just giving up the little short, medium passes that we're not stopping. Obviously, because we don't have no good linebacks. And obviously, we got a linebacker that's a rookie that came from Alabama with Anderson. But, you know, it's, it's a still a young defensive team in line. Overall, young offensive and defense overall. But they can compete. They can compete. They just got to make just got to do yeah. better. I feel like D'Amico Ryan's going to be more aggressive on the play caller. He, he needs to, need to talk to his coordinators and be like, hey, look. Like, because the most aggressive I've seen it was in the first game when they went for it on fourth down. I'm not saying you got to go for it every fourth down, well, but I, I, I feel like you need to take more risk. Between first and third down, you shouldn't go run, run, pass. That with, This ain't the 1980s no more. Yeah, You need to come out there first place, deep that's, ball. That's Dude, let's see what you got. Let's see. Let's open it coaching. up. That's what I was saying like two years ago when we first got uh, Mills. I said, man, just let the man throw. Yeah, they like, just – Mills, let them throw. Mills, they, they just used held to. him to, to be too clock conservative. Manager. Yeah, they yeah. just made him a clock manager. Let that him was throw. it. I don't think they let ever really gave him ball. the chance to develop. You can't let a quarterback the point learn is, the, though, the game. It's no, point, it's no point in trying to progress him now. Because last year he regressed so poorly under Lovey Smith, it's not even no point now. Yeah. He, you just solidified him as a, as a future backup for yeah. life. Which That's is a it. solid backup. Yeah, I can take it. Yeah, no, he'll come in like if we already up. Or, like, you know, 
CJ Stroud need to get a breather. I don't mind putting. But nah, I put Case Keenum. Such thing, a breather quarterback. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You know, like what if he had like a what if he had like an 80 yard run or something? He tied. You know, then you take him out for like nah, one little series, one play. little. <laughs> Still gonna play. We gonna we gonna run the ball two more times, get a little rest. All right, now we're gonna do this pass. Hopefully, we can complete this pass. That's okay. You remember, we, already, we already scored. We missed, a defense made a stop. We got the ball back. We didn't score. Okay, defense do your job. Get back out there. He will rest it. Ain't yeah, no such yeah. thing. <laughs> well, look, man, that's the wrap on this Texans talk, bro. Corey, I know, I know you're running out of time. I don't know if you got no time. To... No, I got time to talk about these Astros, though, we because I am extremely disappointed in what I'm seeing out here. Because this lets me know right now, if. And I do say if. If we make it to the playoffs, we're not getting past in the divisional round. We're not getting past. Uh, appreciate you, Trey. Yeah, I'm out. Thanks, Texas! <laughs> All right, so look. Astros, 84 wins, 68 losses. They are half a game uh, ahead of the Texas Rangers and the Seattle Mariners. And they shouldn't be. They should be 90 wins and 62 losses. And uh, honestly, it's kind of scary because Seattle and Texas are both on the – well, Seattle won uh, the last two games and Texas won that last game. So they might, you know, start being able to turn the page while the Astros are on a two-game losing streak and they play the Orioles once again today. Uh, actually, they should be starting up in a little bit here now. So uh, hopefully they can get this dub, bro, because if they don't, they're going to fall down. Yeah, and, and, if they they lose, and if they lose this game, they have – and they have a half game behind. That means they're out of the playoff picture. Yeah. Because they can't even get a they don't even qualify for a wild card spot. Like, man. That's that's horrible. That's, yeah, it's crazy. Corey is gone now, people. So now you you're stuck with your boy D Rod a connoisseur. And we have week three of the NFL, Giants and 49ers. Spread is leaning towards the Niners, and I have to agree. The 10-point spread should be in favor of the 49ers. I think they will get it done, especially the way Brock Purdy has been playing. 426 yards, two TDs. Man, he's been on his grind. McCaffrey, 268 yards, two TDs. Again, balling. Brandon Ayuk, uh, 172, two TDs. Man, they just all over the paper. And and when we look at paper, paper to paper, 49ers looking a whole lot better than the Giants. I do like what I've seen out of the Giants in the resurgence against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the comeback down from 28-0, man, that's pretty damn good, especially when you get the victory. So uh, it's hard to not choose the Giants, but uh, the way the 49ers has been playing, I got to ride with the 49ers in that one. Another good game uh, this upcoming week, Saints and Packers play off against each other. Packers. Saints, man, I don't know. It's hard to really determine who's going to be the winner. But I got to say, Derek Carr has not been that great this year. Uh, but he has not been that bad either. He's been pretty mediocre. But I do believe that he's above average quarterback. It's hard to not choose the Saints in this game. But I got to go with Jordan Love and the crew because uh, they've been playing pretty well. I know they lost last week. But Jordan Love is not the reason for the losses. He's been playing pretty good. For a quarterback who's been sitting on the bench for a couple years and learning from Aaron Rodgers. And, and you know, Aaron Rodgers learned from Brett Favre. So, hey, you never know what you got in uh, Jordan Love. They've been producing great quarterbacks for the last 30 years. So, I expect the Packers to find a way to get this game. 
uh, in the W column, and I think it will all work out. Broncos and Dolphins. The Broncos did struggle against the Washington Redskins last week. It was a shootout, and coming into week three, they'll be into another shootout with the Dolphins, and we already know Tua, man, he's got 715 yards on the season, 14 TDs, two interceptions. Tyreek Hill, 255, three TDs. You already know he's going to produce every game. There's no shutting down the cheetah. Uh, Got to lean towards Miami in this one. Although the Broncos really need this win, I don't really see them getting their first win of the season this week. Chargers and Vikings. Kirk Cousins, he's been amazing this year as far as passing, 708 yards, six TDs, one interception. Um, although he didn't do enough to get the win last week, I think he will get it done against the Chargers because the Chargers is just that wild card team where you really don't know what kind of team you're going to get until they get out there. And sometimes even when you think they're going to get the win, they still find a way to give it up. Look at last week against the Titans, people. Vikings get their first win of the season at home. There's no way they lose at home for sure. Bills and Commanders. This should be another good game. The way Josh Allen uh, showed how good he can be last week versus the first week, I look forward to seeing Josh Allen staying on track and getting a win against the Washington Commanders. The Commanders will take their first loss of the season at home while the Bills will get their second win of the season for sure. Panthers, Seahawks. The Seahawks have been on a ride. Geno Smith balling out 440 yards, three TDs, no interceptions. Man, hold up. DK Metcalf 122 on a receiving one TD. Um, I don't expect to really see a lot out of Bryce Young in this game. I think the Seahawks will dominate defensively, and they'll take care of Bryce Young at Lumen Field at home. So that's the one reason why I'll say the 12th man is not allowing the Panthers to walk out of there with a W. For sure. Leaning towards Seahawks. Six plus on the board against the Panthers. Cowboys and Cardinals. This should be another good game. We know the Cardinals play hard. We know they can put up points. But can they close out games? No, they can't. And they will not be able to close out Dallas at home against uh Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, and company because they just don't have the weapons to really just finish the games. But they can get into a duel with you, for sure. And the Steelers and Raiders. This is an old-school slobber knocker. We all been waiting for this one on the Sunday night. You know we got to watch this one, man. Kenny Pickett has not been a great, greatest uh, prospect that you know they probably thought they was getting from Pitt, you know, and staying in Pitt, I think they 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 seen enough tape, man, of, of Kenny Pickett to know that he was going to be an average quarterback at best. And uh, seeing Jimmy G go out there uh, for the Raiders and put on that black and silver, I think there's going to be a lot of black and silver all over the field after this game because I don't know who really going to prevail, but I really see the Raiders – Pulling this off in the end by a field goal. Raiders get the victory. Now, 
the Eagles and Buccaneers is really going to be a real good game uh, to watch on Monday night. I know this is a doubleheader again for this upcoming Monday night, but this is one you really got to watch because I really want to see what Baker Mayfield can really do. I know he's been in the league for a little while. We thought he was a bust, and now he's trying to have a resurgence in his career. Uh, we don't really know what we're going to get out of him, but I can tell you one thing. Mike Evans is going to be open, and he's going to stay open uh, throughout the game. I don't care if you put whoever you want to put on Mike, Mike Evans. I'm about to call him Michael Evans. But Mike Evans, uh, there's no slowing him down for sure. And he's out there trying to get paid because it's the contract year. Or did he get his paper? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Y'all remind me in the comments. But uh, Baker Mayfield, he's going to go out there and ball out for sure. I think, again, I think he, he's just got something going on systematically where he's just making it happen for this team, man. But uh, the Eagles taking the L against the Bucks, I don't really see that. Even though they are kind of one-dimensional on the offensive side of the ball, that defense for the Eagles, man, they just don't be able to slow down all the other players, with the exception of Mike Evans, like I said. And uh, the spread is leaning towards the Eagles by five points, so that go to show that the Eagles is probably going to win by 10 or more. Eagles get that victory for sure. And last but not least, Rams and Bengals. Rams, the Rams look pretty damn good, bro, against the 49ers. But they just wasn't good enough to really get it done. But I can tell you one thing. Joe Burrow and his uh, team have not looked their best. Uh, Puka Nakua, he's been balling out. And I expect him to ball out again against Cincinnati in Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is on the 0-2 slide. And, you know, sometimes it just happens uh, throughout your career, you could be a dominant Super Bowl contending team, and then you just have that one season where y'all fall off. And I think this might be that one year where the Bengals fall off. But they got to make sure they don't fall off too hard. Uh, and maybe if if they can get a couple wins in, bro, before their bye week, after the bye week, they might be back on track. So I don't see them winning this game against the Rams, even though they're at home. I think Matt Stafford is going to go out and ball out. Uh, and find ways to win the game. The Rams get it done. Cincinnati loses again, and they go on to be 0-3. Rams become 2-1. Well, people, that's it for today. I know it's been a long, long episode. We talked about a lot of things, and we went into a lot of detail, but you did hear a lot of new voices today, uh, a lot of new ideas and perspectives for sure. And I thank you for listening to another episode of the Houston Sports Connoisseurs, baby. Yes, sir.